Thank you for joining us for another Kingdom Conversation with Pastor Dominic Butler of Gold Street Garden Church. We are extremely grateful to serve Christ alongside so many wonderful people in this crucial hour. All over the world, God is moving in profound ways through surrendered hearts. We've designed these conversations to illuminate what God is doing and speaking in various regions, because as we gleam and learn from one another, we become more equipped for every good work. The body of Christ is full of precious gifts and callings that manifest in unique and dynamic ways. And because of this, we are so excited for today's conversation as we learn more about the most beautiful one, Jesus. These Kingdom Conversation live streams are a part of Gold Street Garden Church, located in the Palm Harbor, Clearwater, Florida area. For more details, go to goldstreetgarden.com and follow us on social media for all of the freshest content. Enjoy this wonderful time in the presence of God as we talk about the King and His Kingdom. How's everybody doing tonight? So excited to be with you all. We're getting started a little later tonight because Chris and I were just having some awesome fellowship together before we got on here and just talking about what God's been speaking to us individually and just all that. There's so many beautiful things that are happening. And that's why we've been, we dedicate these Monday nights to just fellowshipping with the body of Christ, talking to people all over the country and even all over the world that are just going after the things of God. So if you can just begin to share this stream and uh, we're now able to put these up on the podcast. So thank you to all those that are even listening to this at a later time. We have a great, great conversation that we're about to dive into on dependency on the Holy Spirit. I just want to give you two announcements real quick before we get rolling. First off, December 12th at 1230 in the Palm Harbor area, right where we have church services on Tuesday night, we are going to be doing massive giveaways to the public. And the whole point of this is to bring the unchurched, the people of the area that would not normally go to church. We are going to be giving away gift cards, flat screen TVs, toys as bait literally to bring people in to hear the gospel. And we we encourage you all, if you aren't able to be there, but you want to sow into this, uh, please, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com and sow into all that we got going on with that. We're excited. And then right after that, we have a conference, which I know the man that I'm even bringing on tonight can testify to Michael Dow. We have Michael Dow, who's going to be joining us, and Javin Marabella of Immerse the Nations. We're really excited for this three-day conference, December 13th through the 15th. So join us. You're going to, we're going to saturate for three days, and we're also going to be hitting the streets, telling people about Jesus almost every day during that, and just training people up to be everyday witnesses. So exciting stuff going on. Without further ado, I want to just give a quick introduction that uh, Chris and his wife, they are the founders of Father's Glory International, a ministry devoted to promoting the manifested presence and power of God through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Father's glory, and it is through the unveiling of his Son that lives are transformed. And I love the scripture that they use for their their blueprint and their vision. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is for his glory that we proclaim his name. Chris is such a, a prized vessel 
in this hour with a voice that has such love for intimacy with the Lord. And we got the privilege of meeting him through when we had it on our hearts to invite Eric Gilmore to come speak in Gold Street Garden's house. We got to meet Chris, who has been an assistant to Eric for the past uh, year or so. And I know he can even elaborate more on that, but the Lord has been grooming him for such a time as this, as him and his wife are about to launch into some beautiful things. And we're going to give him a moment to share about that and then talk about dependency on the Holy Spirit. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on a dear friend of ours. Chris, how's it going, buddy? How's it going? Blessings, blessings. Uh, excited to be here. Very honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and it's a joy and a privilege. And I uh, count it a tremendous honor just to be with you and just to talk with you today. Um, but yeah, uh, we started the Ministry of Father's Glory International very recently. Basically what it is, is a traveling uh, itinerant ministry. Uh, the Lord has called my wife and I to foster and to steward the traveling and evangelistic side of things. Um, and at the same time, uh, we will also be uh, moving very soon to Fort Smith, Arkansas, to engage into a pastoral journey um, very soon. And so right now, Father's glory is all about uh, Jesus Christ, which is the Father's glory. And, and it's through the unveiling of who he is that lives are transformed. The only way to be transformed with by the glory of God is to, to engage with him, to have intimacy with him, and to be transformed by looking unto him. And what is looking unto him but intimacy? Hmm. You can't look at someone that, you can't look at someone intently uh, if you don't have intimacy with that person. So we with unveiled face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are transformed into that same image. And so that same image is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father's glory himself. That's amazing, Chris. And for those that don't know, Chris, you and your wife are currently in Orlando, correct? That is correct. Yes, so we were in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Moving from Orlando. So just now, I think this is the thing that I would love for people to, to hear and know is that you're you're uh, in Orlando. And how long have you all been in, you know, stationed in Orlando? Yeah, well, uh, the Reader's Digest version of it. <laughs> is the Lord moved me from Meriden, Connecticut in 2011. And so the Lord spoke to me very clearly, very audibly actually, in September of 2011 uh, at a church service. Um, and it was a very powerful encounter that I had with the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, I need you to pack your bags and move to Orlando because that is the beginning of the ministry that I'm going to call you into. Mm. And so moving to Orlando from Connecticut, the Holy Spirit told me that the sign of that obedience was going to be a beginning of a ministry. And so that's exactly what we're going through now. Wow. <laughs> so we've been so, there for 11 years. I mean, so 11 10. years. So you've moved from Connecticut to Florida based off the, the word of the Lord, mm -hmm. uh, encounter with the Lord. And now being in Florida, you've had the privilege and, and feel free to uh, yeah. elaborate on any, but you've had the privilege of like being really close with C-Fan, with yes. Reinhard Bunky and Daniel Kalinda. And then uh, and then recently Eric Gilmore. You, yes. and this has all been in your tenure and 
in Florida with many other things, which I mean, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful opportunities. Like it definitely sounds like you heard right when, yeah. you, came, when you came to Florida. <laughs> yeah. It was the Holy spirit that led me because, um, there's no other explanation for it. Um, around 2012, I got married to my wife very quickly. The moment I moved, the Lord orchestrated things where I got married to my wife. The Lord told me to marry her. Um, and uh, consequently, her mom used to work at CFAN as an accountant. Wow. And literally one day I woke up. It's the strangest thing. But one day I woke up and I was like, I want to serve an evangelistic ministry. And my wife says, you should work at Christ for all nations. And I'm like, that's in Texas. Cause I got confused with Christ for the nations. Yeah. Okay, not to be confused yeah, yeah. with CFAN. And I said, is, is that a uh, Reinhard Bonnke's ministry? He's like, yeah, that's the ministry of evangelist Daniel Kalenda and Reinhard Bonnke. And I said, all right. So I filled out an application and, and literally just prayed in the spirit over it. And I said, Lord, if this is your will, I'll, I'll do it. And so I want to say a week after that, I found out that I got, that my wife got pregnant with our baby girl. And the day that I found out that she got pregnant was the day that they called me for an interview. Wow. So I called my daughter Zoe Grace, which is the life of God, Grace, because she brought grace to me in that season. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I filled out the application. It was like a resume. The Lord just led me. Put in your passport photo, pray in the spirit, send it out. And I got the, the interview to work at Partner Support, which is kind of like customer service. And then the Lord began to put this uh, desire to, you know, do more at CFAN. And so the Lord opened another door for me to work uh, in two departments at, at once. I worked at Partner Support and I worked at um, at the letter shop uh, for about two two years or so. And then one day, again, the Holy Spirit, I'm sitting in the studio and I'm watching Mike Dow, Daniel Kalenda, Michael Kulianos, and Eric Gilmore give, uh, it was called The Porch. It was like a show, a live stream show. And I made friends with a man named Caleb Wampler, who was Daniel's personal assistant. And he knew that I was kind of good with social media and he asked me to help. And I felt as if, as I'm sitting down, just kind of doing things for, for Caleb and Daniel's social media, it felt like a fresh breath of God's spirit just came in. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to open a door for you in your job so big, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. I heard it twice. I'm gonna, he said it again. And um, I said, Lord, if this is you, talk to my wife. So I called my wife. I said, hey, I'm pulling on your grace. I need confirmation on something. Get home. I lay down. My wife prays for me. And she says, I said, I need you to pray for me. She says, Chris, I see a door that's opening. And the Holy Spirit says, walk humbly, but walk boldly. But there's going to be a door in your job that's going to be so big, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. And that night I had a dream that I, that I was to be, I had a dream that I was assisting uh, Daniel Kalenda. I did not know how that was going to happen. I did not know Daniel. Daniel did not know me. But the Holy Spirit put things in order. And um, long story short, the personal assistant 
that was kind of helping and I was trained, he was training me to do social media. He starts his own ministry and he recommends Dan, he recommends Daniel, me as his replacement. And then another assistant um, who was, who's Rob Inge, he's an executive assistant. Uh, he felt in his heart to recommend me separately to Daniel. And literally within a week of having that dream, um, I was in Daniel's office assisting him. And because he said yes to me, he gave me his yes to, you know, to assist him. It transformed my life. Totally. I was a youth pastor before that shooting at the hip, like just totally like spontaneous, carefree, quesarasara to learning excellence, mm. how to do things in a timely manner, how to assist and administer. I did not have the gift to become be an assistant. Many times I told the Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your grace. And the Holy Spirit gave me the grace through serving Daniel for a year and a half. I had the privilege of going to Argentina, Brazil, wow. and having glimpses of what God was doing through that man of God. I saw healings and miracles, signs and wonders. And I had just the joy just to serve and just to hold his prayer cloth and his Bible. And to me, that was I was I was happy doing that. Wow. Um, and then a year and a half after, the Lord told me, that there was going to be another shift. I did not know what that shift was. Um, and out of the blue, Daniel gives me a call um, and he asked me to help Eric um, just temporarily, just to kind of help him out. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And he said, you're leaving CFAN to serve Eric. And I did not understand. And to me, it seemed impossible because that doesn't make sense. How do you leave one to go here and but the Lord did it. And without me pushing any buttons or me doing anything, the Lord opened that door and Daniel gave me the blessing and Eric received me in blessing to become his assistant. And when I served Eric for that year, I served, I've served Eric faithfully for about three years. Wow. There was a time where I served Daniel and Eric for one year, and then I moved full time for Eric and in 2018 of November, and then up to um, just a, a month, uh, two months, two, three months ago. And it's been nothing but the leaning upon the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that many times I did not know what to do. And the Holy Spirit would give me the ability to administer and to have an answer for things. Wow. And it's all his gift and it's all his grace. And then recently the Lord has moved us on. We've known this for about a year already, but keeping things in, in silence and in secrecy between me and the Lord, uh, the Lord has granted and graciously gave us his blessing to enter into a pastoral journey and to also hold on to the traveling side of the calling that my wife and I both have. And so we felt best to best foster and become stewards of the grace. We, 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 uh, we felt led of the Lord to start Father's glory and enter into the new journey of a pastoral journey in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And 
it has been nothing but and only but the dependency of the Holy Spirit. And I can say that with 100% confidence. I did not look for it. We did not look for anything. The Holy Spirit decided to do so. And we prayed and we yielded. And that's where we are right now. Amen. I, the, the biggest thing I want to point out about everything you said is that when we wanted to inquire about getting Eric Gilmore to come and the fact that Joe Turnbull, who was actually the the mediator to help me, uh, he's over and uh, doing meetings with Daniel right now in Tanzania and so forth. Yes. It's been so cool. But when I got to speak with you, Chris, I just could sense how just how graceful you 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 deal with people and and i i felt so welcomed in just the way that you would communicate and things so you are so you are so grace but i, I want to bring up the point that just the fact that you've served so faithfully okay. at, at being an assistant doing whatever was necessary even doing things you 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 didn't know how to do and mm -hmm. found ways to do it for others so that the kingdom of god can continue to go forward and things like that and now to see where you're at i just wanted to give that quick plug to let everybody know that please i put all of his uh links you can follow him and his wife and father's glory in our description go go find out where you can uh, get involved or even stay up to date with his content he puts great videos out on youtube about things that the lord's speaking to him but we're really honored to get into this conversation and as people are watching right now feel free we're about to start talking about what chris is he's sharing his experience but we're going to break some things down with scripture right now and dependency on the Holy Spirit. So get ready for just a great conversation right now as we go through this, because I'll, I'll tell you what, we need a bride. We need the church to learn dependency on the Holy Spirit like never before, because our, our great arguments, or our great church programs are not going to save and reach the lost and it's not going to disciple the people the holy spirit is the greatest discipler he knows how to disciple people just right and that's what we just wanted to once again just uh commend you in a sense of a reminder to everybody how important it is to be faithful and just serve and not prematurely step out of things and just mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to hear that testimony so amen that means a lot to me thank you absolutely well what we're going to do is i was I got to talk with Chris right before he came on and we're going to go bare bones for a second when it comes to this because we don't ever want to assume that everybody knows everything. And sometimes there's people that have even been following the Lord for a while that just were afraid to ask certain questions because they felt like people would look at them weird or they would think they didn't know certain things. And we just want to encourage you that these conversations and the reason we do these things is to strengthen uh your core beliefs, strengthen your relationship with the Lord, and to also get your appetite growing for more of him. And that's why we want to do this. So the, the first question I want to feel to you, Chris, that we can just navigate together is how does someone know they have received the Holy Spirit? And then also just to add to that, how could someone genuinely receive? So I just wanted to feel that to you, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start there. I'll add, uh, so the first the first part of that question is how does someone know they have received the Holy Spirit? I would say this: number one, do you demonstrate the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Because the Scripture says in Galatians five, it says it talks about the works of the flesh, but then in Galatians five. 
it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And another word for fruit is an effect. It's a proof. It's a sign or a seal of having the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit. The fruit of a marriage oftentimes is children. And so the, the, the proof of that is fruit. In the same way, how do I know I have the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, kindness, self-control. Are those the qualities that you're noticing that are developing in your life? Do you have a yearning to be with the Holy Spirit? Do you have a desire to want to be with the Lord? Do you desire more of God's presence in your life? Do you desire when you have wronged someone, do you desire to make it right when the spirit, or do you feel an impression that you did something wrong? Do you have a compassion to unify and to look at your brother or your sister with the eyes of love? To me, that's a big sign and a big indication that you have the Holy Spirit. Um, it takes God, as you've heard many times said, it takes God to desire him. It takes God to want God in the same way. You know you have the Holy Spirit when you desire to do his will. The scripture says, now unto him who is able to give you both the desire and the power to do of his good pleasure. And how does he do this? Well, he does it through the agency of the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, I would say this, and, and I'm not going to sit and, and, and say that I have all the answers. Um, I'm only speaking from my own uh, limited understanding as I know it to be. But when I, when you know you have, when, when you, you just know that you have the Holy Spirit, there's an assurance. The Spirit gives testimony. In Romans 8, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirits mm -hmm. that we are the children of God. How do I know I have the Holy Spirit? Because I know there is an assurance that the Spirit gives, that gives testimony to your spirit that you belong to him. Now, that does not mean that one struggles in their mind to receive that. One never struggles in their mind to receive that. That doesn't mean that one doesn't go through issues in the mind. Oh, I'm not sure. Does God really live? No, no. In the spirit, and you know, you know in your heart. It's almost like saying, how do you know that you love your wife? Or how do you know that, how do you know that you have a wife? Well, because you, you've been with her, you know her. It's the same way. How do I know I have the Holy Spirit? Because I know him. It, that should be that should be the spearhead that you know him and that you want him and that you desire him. The second question is how do I receive the Holy Spirit? I would say this. I would say what Peter said. He he. The Bible says in Acts chapter two he preached the gospel. They were cut to the heart. They said, "Brothers, what shall we do?" He says, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." For the gift, for the promises to you and to your, your children and your offspring. And so how do I receive the Holy Spirit? I would say 
when you accept Christ, when you become born again, you receive the, 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 the inheritance of the spirit. You receive the down payment, if you will, the Holy Spirit. You receive the life of God. When you have Christ, you have life. Jesus said, he who has, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul, John said, he who has the son has life. And what life is this? It is Zoe. It is the life of God. It is the Ruach. It's the spirit. It is the, the breath of God. You have him. Um, and so that's what I would say. I would say when you repent and receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, but it just doesn't stop there. There are more things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Being born again and receiving him is the beginning of your walk with him, but there are fillings, there are infillings, and there are experiences waiting for you to receive. All you need to do is desire him and look for him and to love him. And as you look for him, he will grant to you the things that he wants to give you. So good, Chris. I, I, the, going back to the first thing you, you brought up when, with the initial question, I know it was a two-part, the initial thing, I love how you immediately went to the fruit of the spirit as being the, the witness of knowing, because that's sometimes people are so sometimes get so fixed on the, the miraculous or this, this spectacular that they, they forget that, that the Holy spirit, one of his greatest manifestations is character development. It's mm -hmm. a Christ-like character manifesting is one of the greatest witnesses that the Holy spirit is truly has access to your heart because he's changing you from old man to new creation. And I love how you brought that up. And even you even brought up the fact that the works of the flesh compared to the fruit of the spirit, that if the way you really know if the Holy Spirit is bearing fruit in your life is that if everything is a struggle, if everything is your, it's it, because it, the, when you're, it's the works of the flesh, which means you're going against your identity. It's a struggle. There's major things that are coming against you, but the fruit of the spirit means that you're connected to the vine yes. and that you're actually your relationship with the Holy Spirit, enjoying communion with him in prayer, talking with him. And we're going to get into that. But mm -hmm. just as you, as you invest time with him, you begin to shine forth who he is and it comes through in those things. So I love how you bring that up. And then the only two other things I want to bring up with what you, you brought up with about receiving the Holy spirit is that just to cue the scriptures up. And if you're watching, you know, as Chris, when we do bring up scriptures, if somebody could type that scripture in the comments, so that way when people watch it later, they can see the references that uh, Chris brought up acts two and the verses he brought up was acts two 38 through 39. And then I also want to add Luke eleven thirteen 13, when Jesus said that, you know, even people that are evil know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more will the father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So pretty much framing that the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift the Father could give, mm. his manifested presence, who he is, and that how do you how do you receive the Holy Spirit? The same way you receive a gift from a loved one. You you take it and you cherish it and you open it and you don't you're not waiting for a bill. You're not waiting for oh what is it's just you receive that gift. 
Mm. and you take it forth and if you and as chris was saying if you haven't received the holy spirit you all it, jesus said ask ask the father in my name and he will give you the holy spirit it's it's just that so i wanted to add that oh the last thing i'm sorry chris you got you got me preaching man because it was no, so come good. on no. man the only <laughs> thing is great. You actually said it in the give the reference, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. It says, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession to the praise of his glory, which is saying the Holy Spirit is the engagement ring that when you get yes. married to Jesus, that you know the Father paid for the wedding in full, yes. and Jesus is the bridegroom, and the Holy Spirit is preparing us. He's the engagement ring. He's also the wedding planner. He's the greatest wedding planner there is. Getting mm. this together, so having the Holy Spirit is uh, the seal of the inheritance. The, how do you know you have the Holy Spirit? Is that you yeah. are constantly excited for the wedding day. That's yes. how you know you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I would even also um, add to that is that the Holy Spirit and you we, we we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. One of the another reason, another way you can tell if you have the Holy Spirit is think about his name, Holy Spirit. He's holy. There is a work of the Spirit that causes you to be sanctified. There is a sanctification. He is the great sanctifier. And a really great way that you know you have the Holy Spirit is if the things that you once hated in, uh, in when you were out in the world in the flesh, you now love. And the things that you once loved, you now hate. There is a sanctifier mm. that is received. And as you walk in the process of life, and as you go through your everyday life with him, you begin to notice that you begin to walk and talk and think more differently. You begin to walk more in alignment with things that please him. And uh, another thing to add here is I love what you said about the works of the flesh. You said the works of the flesh. Fruit cannot be worked. It can only be yielded. It can only be cultivated. And so um, what gives fruit to something is not that you're doing something, rather that you're cultivating and you're yielding to that causes the great sanctifier to have his way in you. And, and what is that cultivation? It is the, it is faith. It's receiving, believing the, the gospel. When the man or woman that believes in Jesus and follows him the holy spirit has his heart his home in that person uh one of the scriptures that i'm thinking of and maybe you can tell me which one it is um where it says that if you follow me you obey my commands i and my father will dwell in you um and so yeah just wanted to throw that yeah that's john 14 23 that and exactly that the and Chris, that's so beautiful. Though, as you, I, you know, when um, you, myself, and uh, Eric, the before the service when you all came, there was a he recommended a Charles Spurgeon 
book yeah. me, and that book has been i'm not even going to share it because i feel like it's like <laughs> no i'm just playing it's so beautiful it's like a, a massive treasure hunt every day the one thing he brought up that was so good when you said with the fruit that's yielded i love what charles spurgeon brings up about fruit in this in particular thing is he was talking about how you know the seeds planted in the ground and when it's when it's blooming and it's budding that the sun is what is giving it nutrients but the the reason that the fruit is budding obviously there's water and there's other things involved and we know all the symbolism with the the water of the word all these things that go in the soil the ground but the the thing that's that was so captivating about what Charles Spurgeon was saying is that the fruit actually budding out it's the, the sunlight is drawing it out mm. and it's actually the fruit is budding because it wants to get closer mm. to the source come on and it's like that's the thing about the fruit of the spirit is our the reason we're manifesting the fruit of the spirit is because our hearts are longing for the sun yes. the son of god and we're getting closer to him the more we act like him naturally and it's like i just think that's such a beautiful analogy a hundred percent um that is so beautiful because it's true the more you draw near to christ the more you begin to see him working in you and he does the thing for you we just simply have to reach towards the sun amen when we reach towards the sun it becomes natural it's i always say this it's not the tree's fault that it blooms apples it's it, it's it's not the tree's fault that it's budding it's 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 the product of the atmosphere they're 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 reaching towards the sun and by nature organically without them even noticing or thinking they're yielding and giving giving birth to fruit Amen. and it's the same with us as we begin to get closer to Christ not for anything else other than wanting him and loving him we will begin to notice how we've lifted into this altitude and we'll see how far we've lifted from the ground if you will wow we'll see quickly it just takes a moment to be with him and and it just seems like the things that weigh you down and the things that you might struggle with just seems to fall off of you because it's him this is our natural dispensation for the christian it, it it's unnatural for the believer it should be this way it should be unnatural for the believer to live a life that grieves the spirit and it should be natural to the believer that the believer naturally reaches towards the source of that sun so that they become fruitful it, it should be effortless it that's what it is we now enter into a grace with christ we can receive grace in the time of need we have boldness to enter into the throne room so that we may obtain grace we come to him and we receive grace every time and so now this fruit that we bear is only the product of us drawing near to his throne wow it's so powerful wow so we're we're already we're, we're diving into this big time already and that and i just want to bring up you know the holy spirit is our best friend 
and we have to approach him as a person he is a he's a he's it's a relationship so as we continue to talk about this just keep every everybody that's watching you know really have that 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 this is our desire tonight is that we can enrich all of our relationship with the holy spirit because he's the one that's preparing us for maximum potential in this hour with everything the more in tune and the more reliant as we said with this this whole conversation dependency on the holy spirit which uh, i'm going to go to our next question here which is and I'll, I'll field it the way that i gave it to you chris is that when it comes to dependency the word humility is engrafted in the definition that mm. in order to be dependent you just naturally have to be humble because you're admitting you can't do it without without the individual or the resource so how important is humility in your relationship with the holy spirit could you provide practical examples how you humbly posture your heart before the lord yeah absolutely i would say this like humility is the number one most important thing to access god's presence in your own daily life depending upon the holy spirit the bible says that god opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble he opposes the proud he makes himself the amplified says he makes himself an enemy to the proud mm -hmm. He opposes pride in a person. He opposes the person that is proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I was just talking to a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, literally like three hours ago about this. And the reason why he's, I always ask the questions why, like, well, why does God favor the, the humble? I believe it's because he himself is humility he himself is humble and in order for you to receive information from someone you need to speak the language of that person mm. right now you and i are speaking english but if i were to speak to you another language you wouldn't really understand what i'm saying you might kind of interpret through my body language but you might get it wrong right why am i saying this because his language is humility it's who so he is, it's who he, sp he speaks humility. He is lowly himself. Christ was the one riding lowly on a donkey, the scripture says. Jesus himself says, take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly of heart. It's who he is. In Ezekiel, the scripture says that when Lucifer fell, it says, I, he, the devil gives these five expressions of who he is. I will ascend and be like God. I will do this. I will be, I will do. And sometimes we have, to, I ask myself this question and it was confirmed through another minister, David Popovici that I, I'm not sure if you ever heard of him, but he's a wonderful man of God, but he is amazing. He is amazing. Um, I, he said, he said this here, he said, what would make the devil think that he can take say uh that he can take god on there was something that must have made the devil think that he could take god on and and what he said blew my mind he said he saw meekness and humility in god and he mistook meekness and humility for no power 
He must have saw something in God. He was so meek and lowly that he thought in his own estimation he can take him on. But not realizing it is the humility that disarmed, disarmed the devil. Because it is in the humility of Christ at the death of Jesus, stripping himself away, giving his life. It was the humility that broke death and the power of the devil over people. And so humility is everything. The Bible says the man Moses was the most humblest man that ever walked the earth. And he saw glory. He saw cloud by day, uh, a fire by night. I dare say that that cloud and that fire manifested because of him. It was God so in love with him and his humility that he just, God was able to become God and freely be God around him. The scripture says that the man Moses would speak to God face to face like a friend. Why? Humility. Now, practically speaking, how can I posture my heart to enter into his presence and humility? I would say this, it takes humility, and I've actually heard this from Eric say this, but it is very true. It takes humility to listen. When I think, or someone else thinks, that they know everything, that the natural tendency is to speak on top of the person, because you have more information, more valuable or more important, and what a person says, what that person must think that there's something more important, more valuable. And so I have to speak now. But it takes humility to listen. Mm-hmm. And it, listening is an act of humility. It's the ceasing of you being in control and now you receiving. Receiving is listening. And so... Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because oftentimes when we go to God, we miss the presence of God. We miss the opportunity to have that face-to-face touch with him because what we have to say is more important than, than what God might want to speak. And we do it unintentionally and not knowing we're actually walking in pride. Uh, I heard someone say this. I don't know. I don't remember who said this, but this person would say, when I'm in the presence of someone great, he was a traveling minister. I think he passed away. He said, when I'm in the presence of someone great, I stop talking because I immediately recognize that that person is great and I must therefore receive from him. And I think that's the way to posture ourselves before the Lord. We have to go to him quiet, not for the sake of being quiet. It's not a formula. God doesn't work with formulas like this. It's he's looking at the posture of the heart. He he's looking for us to walk in humility. And the way to do that is to come to him lowly and to be still and silent and to lend our ear in the presence of the great one and receive from him. It's a Another way of listening, sometimes listening is not, not an auditory thing. Sometimes it's a, a just a receptivity, you know. Um, I've gone into arguments with my wife where she says to me, you know, 
you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me, right? You can hear something physically and not listen. And so like, what I'm saying is in our communion with the Holy Spirit, we have to learn to listen, not necessarily with this, but to be ever receiving. And I think that's really what the foundation of what listening is. It is to receive. So when I go to the Father, when I spend time with him, I'm ever engaged to receive. And that's humility. Wow. I lose the control to be aware. And I put my awareness on one much higher than I. So many good breakdowns, Chris. I, I really... there on so many levels do i agree and just supporting even in the fact that of knowing what the work humility has done in in my heart and continues to do that it's a daily pro like humility is literally the the daily application of death to self uh, humility yes. is just going after it and when you talk about prayer and if you talk more than you listen in prayer you've gravely mistaken its purpose because like you said earlier, if you're if you're talking with somebody that is the creator of the universe, you just want to ask questions and be silent. You know, yeah. like just just get before and the Lord. Uh, and I saw there was somebody on YouTube, and I'm gonna call you by your YouTube name. It's a girly three fifty. She was bringing up how praise is also a great posture as well and that is 100% true and in fact if you go to our youtube channel we did a prayer series and it was called prayer is there and we did a sermon called prayer and praise the mm. partnership of prayer and praise i highly encourage you to listen to that because it was such a phenomenal night but that goes to it's so important that we understand these postures and that a quote that the lord gave us a little while ago was that you know, you can't really tell who talks to God, but you can sure tell who listens. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people can talk to God. You can talk to a TV. You can talk to a dog. You can talk to things, but you can tell who really listens. And that's the only, and that's what's so beautiful about what you're saying, Chris, is humility listens. Humility yes. is, is quick to listen and, you know, uh, and very slow to react. Very, it, it, it it's always, taking it in and just getting to that that place so uh no chris so beautiful all those those breakdowns yeah. and uh, i i go think ahead. that the characteristic of humility is reception is to be when you're always receiving that is a mark of your your humility uh for example what i mean by that is for example um if you and i are speaking uh humility within me wants to ever be learning something new from you or from, you know, from a friend. It's, it's, it's ever receiving. It's ever um, understanding that you don't, that one doesn't know everything and that one needs to, to receive more. And so I, I would say like reception or res being receptive is, is a key uh, proof of humility. That's to me what I, th I think of humility, a ever constant receptiveness. Um, and if you learn to listen, you can hear God quite Amen. easily because he's a person. That's so good, Chris. And 
this uh, this past Tuesday, I th- when we were talking earlier on the phone this week, you, the thing that's so powerful about the work of the Holy Spirit is that creating that humility in us is when Jesus prayed in John 17, he was praying that that we, the body of Christ, you know, you and myself, our families, the church would be one as he and the father are one. Now, what is the greatest barrier that, that, that causes people to not become one? It's pride. Hmm. And that's why individual humility creates corporate unity, which manifests the power of God. And the, the way that the enemy keeps the church bound and is through individuals continuing to remain in pride because humility is willing to say that, you know, we might not agree on everything, but we have to agree on Christ being born of a virgin. We have to agree on Christ being, uh, you know, crucified and resurrected. We have to believe in the outpouring of the Holy. There's certain things that are non-negotiable, but Mm. when it comes to, you know, certain things, we have to understand that the unity of the body of Christ is us individually learning humility so that if we're all pursuing humility, when we come together, there will be a spirit of unity, which is which we would be answering Jesus's prayer if we all focused on having a humble heart. And that's what I love about what you're, you're saying. Absolutely. Because humility prefers one another and humility sees Christ in the other. You might not agree everything theologically with a brother, but at the end of the day, they're still a brother. At the end of the day, they still have Christ in them, you know? Wow. And um, I actually, I just referenced for everybody in the comments, Philippians chapter two is what Chris, he he keeps, he's, he, you keep quoting every verse from Philippians two. It's so beautiful. <laughs> that chapter is all about what you've been saying about preferring one another, how Christ became uh, obedient, uh, through his humility is so good, Chris. I, I really appreciate this. It is the it is humility also in Philippians 2, where it says, Let this mind be in you that though God, though Jesus was God, did not equate to himself to be equal to God, made himself a new reputation, but he humbled himself to the point of death. Amen. And I think one of the things that's been kind of speaking in my heart a little bit is that God is looking for a resurrection people. But in order to be a a people full of the life of the resurrection, we need to be dead. We need to die to self. I love what the Holy Spirit uh, does in Acts 1.8. What Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, he talks about, for you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He says this. He says this. He says, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power and you will be my witnesses. Yeah. That verse speaks two things to me. Power is the Greek word dunamis, which is dynamic, explosive, dynamite, Holy Spirit, devil blasting power. But he also says, you'll be my witnesses. Now, this word witness is very interesting because it's the Greek word martyros, which is where we get the word martyr. Mm. And it's almost as if, as I'm reading through that, like I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, it's almost as if that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the invitation to give testimony through your death. Oh my gosh. You die to yourself. You receive, how can you be a witness? According to that passage, to be martyrs, to be 
you give testimony by experiencing power, but dying to give that testimony. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's going to die for the cause of Christ, although there are many believers or many of our brothers are. But I think what the Holy Spirit is highlighting there is that when you receive the Holy Spirit, your life is no longer your own. And the Spirit does the work of crucifying you. And as you die, you give proper testimony. And in order to be a people full of the resurrection, a, a people full of power, full of the resurrection of life, you have to have the crucifixion. You have to bear the death of Christ. And that is humility. Humility in Philippians 2. The death of the cross, on the cross. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, take your cross and follow me. You need the Holy Spirit to crucify you. Chris, that that revelation is explosive, even in the literally the deutimistic. That's so good. I have never heard it put that way. And I just want to let you know that really blesses me. And I'm going to go back and replay that a few times, get it in my heart. Yeah. But Acts 1.8 there, that was so, so good. So as we uh, continue, and I did see a question up there. Um, from girly 350 on YouTube saying, uh, do you think that a lack of fear of the Lord out of our own pride is the root of many problems in the world and church today? Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Pride is the, the poison of hell. As Andrew Murray would put it, it is the, it's something that we really, we have to, and when Chris just even brought up the scripture, Jesus said, take up your cross. I love that in, in, in Luke, it says to take up your cross daily. So mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a reminder that it's not just a one and done. That it's a yeah. daily decision to continue to be humble. Just as Jesus said in Matthew eleven, twenty eight, he says, "Come to me." That has to be a daily decision to come to him. And we're actually we're going to get into a couple more questions that'll help this. But there's so much uh, beautiful. This is so amazing. You can just tell when you talk about the Holy Spirit. He the 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 presence of God shows up in such a powerful way because this is this is really the the missing he is the missing puzzle piece in so many circles of belief and in so many things without the Holy Spirit it's impossible to get the yeah. job done it's impossible I the Holy Spirit I don't know where I would be in my effectiveness in the call. That's on my life if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And I know as we continue to talk about this, the dependency on the Holy Spirit, just encourage you to share this with family members, friends, even people in ministry that maybe are using the term that they feel burnt out. How can you be burnt out if you're in love with an all-consuming fire? Yes. He, so it's like that relationship with the Spirit of God is uh, going to continue to uh, burn that flame inside of you. Did you have something you want to add to that? As I yeah, I wanted to add on something that uh, Amanda's her name, Girly350. Okay. Um, um, one of the things I would also add to that is the root of pride is looking at yourself and not looking to God. That's so good. Because humility is something that comes from the Spirit is not something necessarily it can come from you you know you in order to receive the gospel i mean you need to repent that that's an act of humility on your part but 
Uh, the fountain of humility is the denial of self. And what pride does is it takes the eyes and it puts it back on the person. And it puts it back on me, on who I am. And it takes it off of God. And I think really the root of pride just boils down to this. You took your eyes off the Lord and you're looking at yourself. That's so good, Chris. And what a practical breakdown to help people that, yes, pride in its essence is selfishness. Uh, selfishness mm -hmm. is the is the epitome of sin and pride, selfishness. They go hand in hand. And that's why denying yourself is actually the greatest gift to understanding your purpose. But the enemy would try to convince you if you're not focused on yourself, then you'll never truly get anything or get anywhere when actually mm. it's the complete opposite. And Jesus came and, and showed us that example, which is as we continue to go forward here, uh, the next question that I wanted to segue into was we've kind of already really have hit on this. So there was only kind of an aspect I wanted to bring up about it, but how do you depend on the Holy Spirit when you pray? So mm. we've already talked about humility because that's the the number one faculty. We we don't have to because uh, I know that this can open up a lot, but if we just kind of wanted to break down, I think when we talk about dependency on the Holy Spirit, one of the things that people think of when it comes to praying in the Spirit is I think. Everybody immediately goes to uh, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. And uh, I just wanted to cue up one verse, but then I wanted to get you to elaborate when you pray, how you depend on the Holy Spirit. But yeah. one of my favorite verses personally when it comes to praying in the Spirit is Jude one twenty, And uh, mm. the, the verse I'm just going to read, I want to read two translations just to put some context. But New King James, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So that's just simply read New mm. King James. But I love the Amplified Classic because yes. it really brings this out a lot more and it says but you beloved build yourselves up founded on your most holy faith make progress rise like an edifice higher and higher praying in the holy spirit and we talked about earlier about how fruit is trying to bud to get closer to the sun that when you pray in the spirit that it's you're literally building yourself up and you are getting closer to him in what you're, whatever you're doing and Praying in the Spirit, even when we talk about praying in tongues, one of the biggest things about praying in tongues is that your mind has no part in it. It's literally your your spirit man praying, and it's 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 a total faith act because you're just praying, believing that what you're uttering out of your mouth in a in a in tongues is actually building you up and taking you to that place. So I know I, I said a lot, Chris, and I apologize no, for that long intro. Oh, no, that's great. If you, uh, if you wanted to elaborate a little bit on that to help people understand the dependency of the Holy Spirit is praying in tongues is a huge expression of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, I would say this, like the fountain of dependency of the Holy Spirit is an understanding an awareness that you can do nothing without him. I when I go to when I go to the Lord, I'm I've had I have the privilege of ministering quite a bit in my home church. And by his glory and by his grace, I don't mean this in a boastful way, but God really shows up in our in those services. Praise the Lord. Um 
and and in a very powerful, unusual ways, like to the point where we can't, we can't stop the service, you know. Um, and people ask me this question. They're like, "What did you do to prepare for that? How did you? You must have spent." hours and hours and hours in prayer and fastings and all this and you need to pray and you need to fast if the spirit leads you to but they always get shocked when i tell them this i literally go before god and i say i have nothing god i can do nothing please come and he does every time and that is the dependency now Take that in your own life. Lord, I tell God, I tell him like it is. I said, God, I can't even believe the gospel without you. I can't even love you without you. I need you. You have to go to him with this full bankruptcy. And it has to come from you. It, it must be genuine. The moment we think we have it, we lost it. We lost. We held on to our life in that moment and we lost it. We have to let go of our lives to find him there. And I go to him like this every time by his grace. I've learned this the hard way. Okay. I was not always like that. I'm going to tell on myself. <laughs> it's a funny story. I go to Canada with Eric. Okay. And. He, he, uh, he said this to me in passing. We were kind of walking through the airport. You know, we were going to a, to a pastor's church. And he says this to me. He says, I said, hey, Eric, like, how, do you, yeah, how do you flow like this? You know, just kind of talking. And he says, I depend fully on him. Sometimes I don't even know what to say. I just depend. Dependency. And in my mind, I'm going to get real earthly with you. I was like, man. Like I could just prepare myself and then God will show up. That's what I thought. Man, that day I had the most excruciating back pain. I could not move. I literally was like, <laughs> it hurt so hard breathing, right? And the, the Holy Spirit speaks to Eric and says, I want you to open up the service before I speak. And I want you to flow as the spirit leads you to. That night, he's, I said, when do you want to do this? He says, tomorrow. That night, I wept all night because of pain. And I said, God, I don't have time to prepare. I'm in such pain. I need you. And right there, the Lord called me to repent right there. He said, that is what I want from you, to depend. And the next day, I just literally hunched over. And I just said, Lord, I just, and God began to move. He began to move and it wasn't by my power or by my might, but it was by his spirit. Mm. Um, the lesson that I learned there was depend on him. Even if you know, even if you, you know, I'm not saying don't study. We need to study. We need to show ourselves approved as the scripture says, but at any cost, be willing to throw it all away when the spirit says, I need you to do something else, you know? Um, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get caught up. And, and that there, but oh, it's beautiful, Chris. I, I would say, I would say when we come to the Holy Spirit, we must be bankrupt. We can we have to realize without him, we can do nothing. The second part of the question, can you repeat that again? You said there was a second. Oh, oh, praying in the spirit, praying correct, in the spirit. Yes. Okay. 
Now I'm going to say this. I believe in the power of praying in other tongues. Absolutely. But I'm going to say this, and it might sound a little controversial, but I trust that the hearer would understand the spirit of what I'm saying. Praying in the spirit is more than just praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues and be be out of cadence with the spirit and not be praying in the spirit. I've gone to God many times and I'm praying in tongues and the spirit says, Shh. and at that moment when I obey the, Shh, I am now engaged in praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is praying in alignment with what his will is at that moment. There are moments where I'm silent and the spirit of God says, pray in tongues, pray in tongues right now. And I begin to pray in tongues. And then he says, stop. And I stop. And then he shows me someone's face. And then I just go and I pray for that person. Then he brings a scripture. Then I am led to that scripture and I read it. That is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit okay, is pray. dancing in the rhythm of his grace. Come on. And, 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 and being in sync with what he wants. Praying in the spirit is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is praying in tongues when he tells you to pray in tongues. Praying in the spirit is being silent when he tells you to be silent. Praying in the spirit is praying for so-and-so when he puts so-and-so in your spirit. Praying in the spirit is reciting that scripture that is highlighted to you. And what I'm saying is praying in the spirit is literally praying in step with what his unction is at that moment. And I can tell you many times um, that I pray in tongues much. I pray in tongues a lot. I value the gift of praying in tongues. I value the grace, our prayer language. You know, there are sometimes when I don't know what to say, I quote the scripture. It says, Lord, I don't know what to do, but the spirit himself intercedes for me. I, and, I, and I began to pray in the spirit. But then there's moments where the spirit of the Lord does not allow me to pray in other tongues. That is as equally as powerful as praying in other tongues because you're praying with what he wants at that moment. And so that's what I would say. Praying in the spirit is dancing in the rhythm of his grace. So good. You know, I've seen people step out of it and they miss God. For example, um, I'll tell you a story. One time I was uh, in service. And the spirit of the Lord, uh, we were doing a, a prayer meeting and it was just a, like five or six people. And the spirit of the Lord said, Hey, we need, um, I felt very strong in my spirit. Have the people start shouting. Now I'm not, you know, like that doesn't make sense, but the spirit told me to do that. I felt led, have everyone just start shouting praises right now. And I said, Hey guys, I really feel from the Lord. And when I said that, uh, a sister interrupts me and says, yes, let's all pray in tongues right now. And I said, no, the spirit does not want to do that right now. The spirit wants us to shout. Can you believe when we shouted, the spirit fell in a way where intercession became easy, prayer became easy. The very woman that interrupted me, she received a mighty touch of the spirit. And she was overcome with the Holy Spirit. And there was prophetic words and things going on. But it would not have happened if we did not pray in cadence with what he wanted at that moment. And so I say it to say, look at, man, the bliss that awaits you when you spend time with God is great. 
but he wants you to be in rhythm with how he wants you to pray so that you can ascend into that place. Wow. Otherwise you'll miss it. And, and, and it's almost like you're jumping and you're jumping, hoping to float, but you'll never float un, until he gives you the wings to do it. And you, so you, you need to do that by listening to him. They that wait upon the Lord shall, shall, shall mount up with wings of eagles. What do eagles do? Eagles ascend and soar, but the soaring cannot take place if you're not waiting first. And, and that's praying in the spirit. The mm -hmm. moment I decide to quiet myself like this, and the moment I decide to put all of my attention on him and love him and lift him up in this, and I begin to sense the spirit, I just entered into praying in the spirit. So that's what I would say. Amen. That's so good. And I know I, I that's usually my answer or my rebuttal is so good uh, when I, it, when I'm hearing you just minister on this and it's such a blessing. And I, I'm seeing some of the comments in the side. I just want to encourage, uh, I believe it was Adina was saying that she sometimes has a trouble praying in the spirit. I really hope these answers are helping you. And even above the practicalities we're bringing forth, it's, it's always, you know, praying in the spirit as Chris was alluding to before, it's just, you're hooking up to a, a river, a source of of who he is so i wanted to even continue to when chris was to put even more context to what he was saying you know a fee, the other verse i had queued up was ephesians 6 18 which says you know when right after paul is talking about the armor of god he uh, wraps it up by saying praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit so he's 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 making it known that there's multiple types of prayer in the spirit Yes. Whether that's intercession, whether that's with your your earthly language, your your you know whatever mm -hmm. your native tongue, praying in tongues. There's multiple types of uh, prayer that go on, and it's all led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is the conductor of your prayer life, and as you, at, and that's the thing that we we need to understand. Uh, which this will be a great segue. Or there's two things I want, is that Jesus. If Jesus had to pray when he was mm. on the earth, what makes us think that <laughs> prayer should ever be a shelf topic or just something we put to the side? Jesus actually showed us ultimate commitment to prayer. Yes. Um, in fact, he didn't even choose. As soon as he got the bat, you know, as soon as the Holy Spirit descended upon him, he actually went to be alone for 40 days to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit as a man yes. like he yes. literally he just getting alone and the dependency was so profound that he didn't even pick his he picked his disciples after spending all evening in consecrated prayer that yes. prayer jesus showed this amazing commitment to prayer not to just be like oh wow jesus is such a pious individual or such a you know no jesus was trying to set a standard and an example that people that follow him disciples that follow him are committed to prayer and completely dependent upon that and that's why when we were talking about praying in the spirit two verses as well galatians 4 6 and romans 8 14 through 17 pretty much say that the spirit on the inside of you cries out abba father, abba, father. And that's what praying really is. It's it's you finding the language of being a child of God, being led to pray as a son or a daughter unto your your father. And the Holy Spirit leads you 
to beckon that cry mm. that is father I, I need you, Father. I love you, Father. And your prayer life is just bringing more people into the kingdom through intercession. Your prayer life is, like we said before in Jude one twenty, building yourself up um, to get closer to him. And he gives you all these tools because he loves you and he's a good father. So mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to pretty much ask you if you would elaborate a little bit on Jesus's dependency yeah. to prayer. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite things about Jesus. I find it very interesting that the disciples had one main question for him. They did not ask him, teach us how to prophesy. They didn't ask him, teach us how to cast out demons. They asked him, teach us to pray. Mm -hmm. Why? They must have seen something so impactful when he prayed they quickly understood that the source of his power was his prayer life jesus himself says that which i do i do not speak on my own accord but it is the spirit of my father in me or the works that i do i do not do on my accord it is the father working in me he he says things like this he says i don't do anything until I see the Father do it. How can he see the Father doing? How can he hear the Father speaking? How can he yield to the Father's impulses? It was the fountain of the, that, that reality stemmed from the fountain of prayer. He prayed to experience his Father and as he experienced his father, he was able to let people experience the father through his conduit of prayer. And so they were attracted to the power that flowed from Jesus, not when he was doing the miracles, but when he was praying. Everything that he did was motivated by prayer. Jesus sets up the... the um, the the prototype he sets up the the example this is how a man ought to conduct himself in prayer this is how a man you want to see demons being cast out pray you want to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse lepers and to do it with the compassion of the spirit within you pray you want to you want to you know calm the waters and speak the word pray he did this as a man dependent upon the spirit mm. to show us how to do these things and i find that many of us as christians and hear my heart this is not to condemn but many of us live well below the dimension of prayer many of us live thinking that a christian is you know we say a couple of shandais we we go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and, you know, we, we do a prayer once in a while to say good morning to God. And then we go about our day and we miss. There is a wealth. There is an entire dimension <laughs> made available by the spirit. And he's looking for those who would seek him in spirit and in truth. I, I hear people say this. Why, why does God move powerfully in Africa or in this place or that place? But I don't see a lot of this happen in America. My answer is this. We need to pray. 
You want to see it in America? I've we I've seen things happen here in America, but I've seen it happen through praying people. You know, God is no except He has no exceptions of persons. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same Spirit that that casted the devils and 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 performed mighty deeds is the same Spirit that dwells in you through faith. And there is a vast world waiting for you as you begin to enter into the, the experience of God in prayer. I, that is something, brother, that has been, it, will, it does not leave me lately. I have fallen short many times. Just personally, just the other day, if I can just be so blunt or uh, real with you, um, God was really moving powerfully in our service on Sunday. God, I'm telling you, it was powerful. <laughs> People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People were getting delivered. Uh, people were feeling a, a weight come off of them. Uh, there was an impact of the Spirit. But I came home and I started weeping. I said, God, I want more. Not of This is great, but I want you, Lord. I want you. I'm hungry for you. I. Uh, what good is it if we cast devils and heal the sick and raise the dead and we don't know him the way we should? Mm -hmm. Like, he is the great exceeding reward. He's the great exceeding reward. So I remember just coming on my face and I said, Lord, that's all great and dandy, but I felt dead and dry like a... Like I, I just felt this was great, but I, I want you. And then I began to realize, man, if I just pray and I just begin to seek him, he's no except, you know, he, he has no favoritism. He'll draw near to me as I draw near to him. And I, and I began to realize how quick and easy it is. We take, it's so easy for us to take our eyes off the Lord. We can experience God one day, then the next day feel like a dead dry stump <laughs> because we've taken our eyes off of God. And what God is looking for is a habitation. What God is looking for is that we dwell with him. And, 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 and what he's looking for is that we live in that place of his presence. And how do we do that? We do that through shutting the door, being still, and talking to the one who lives in secret. And as we begin to do that, he rewards us openly. We hear whatever we hear him speak, we speak, right? But as we begin to do that, we begin to, to see, man, I just missed an entire world. And it was right here the whole time. You know, we get so busy in our lives. I got this. I got this. I got to do this. I got to do it. And all of that is great. We need to do it. But lately, the spirit of God has been stirring me personally. Like, I want him. I want him. I want him. I don't, it's great that we're seeing these things, but I want him. I want him. He is the reward. We, I've, I've had the mistake of going to God. God, use me for this. God, I want this, that you would use me for this. But I find that the spirit has changed my prayers to like, God, I just want you. I don't want anything else, but I want you. And when he does, when you do that, man, that's, that's life of the spirit. I don't, I don't mean to ramble, but <laughs> no, this is so good I just find myself praying like this a lot. Amen. It's so beautiful. And really that's why when we're talking about dependency of the Holy spirit, it's the, it's the fact that prayer is literally like you were saying, it's, it's prayer is, it's this whole outlet to 
to the heavenly realm, to to the whole dynamic kingdom that is available through a simple act of faith and surrender. And that's why prayer is the is literally the conversation of dependency. It's like you're just you know, as soon as you engage in prayer, you are saying that this world does not have the answer. And this vehicle is going, prayer being the vehicle that's going to take me to where the answer is, which is him. And, you know, that's a mistake that I used to make. And, you know, being transparent, and this is to help people, is that a lot of times we we are even taught that prayer is used as a means to get something to become independent again when really prayer is actually supposed to teach you dependency but sometimes people are just like they pray a prayer to get an answer so they can go back to being independent when really you want to use prayer as the art of learning dependency learning how much how important it is to truly depend on him so i i'm so thankful for you elaborating on that i wanted there was i in I wanted to field two more questions. Are you good for sure. two more? I know down, we got yeah. uh, people are still on and uh, I want Chris to pray us out as well. And I want to encourage everybody to uh, follow him on the links that we have. So into what the Lord's doing through him and his wife as they uh, embark on just being able to teach others what he's sharing with us tonight and having an impact in Arkansas and beyond as their traveling ministry continues to take off. I, the two questions I was going to ask is, I feel like this is really important and we'll probably spend the majority of the time and because the other one's a quick question is that, could you give people, so we've talked about so many things about being dependent on the Holy spirit that I really believe we've given so many practical examples that are really going to help people and scriptures. So, really beautifully put together. I wanted to ask you, what are a few indicators that somebody is operating more in independency upon themselves rather than dependency on the Lord? Could you maybe share a few examples that you've seen in your own life or how people can pinpoint in their own life? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm operating on my own strength right now. Absolutely. Um, what I would say is, some of the evidences of being independent from the spirit is a gradual lack of love for the Lord. That's so good. Because we don't always love him the way we should. Okay. And it takes the spirit of God to, to awaken us to love him. And for me, whenever and I can only speak for me, Whenever I see my love for the Lord waning, I've, I, it's a clear indicator that I have strayed from him. I've taken my eyes off of him. Whenever there is a lack of a desire to seek him, that's another indicator. Because it's him that gives you the desire to draw near. Mm. It's the father. Jesus said it. He says, no one comes to me except by my father. My father has to draw them near. Right. If I have a, if I have a lack of a desire to want to draw and I'm a believer, we've already been drawn by the father because we're, we're, we're now believers. But in my own life, if there is a lack of a desire to seek him, 
coldness have set, has set in. And that's another indicator that I took my eyes off of him. Um, another indicator for me, and this is for me, uh, it, everyone can be different. For me, anytime I start acting selfishly, and when I mean selfishly, I'm not necessarily just talking about selfish attitudes. Because selfishness is more than just acts. It's a state of being. It's a condition. It's ever being aware of yourself. I've known I, that is the number one indicator that I've taken my eyes off of him. Because God is training us to become God conscious. He wants us to fix our eyes on him continually. The moment we look at him, that's prayer. So as I'm talking to you even now, my my I'm setting my eyes on him. I'm I'm setting my heart, my affections in other words, to him. I'm placing internally my my leaning on him. Anytime I see myself doing things on my own and trying to perform by myself and to do things in myself and try to do it my own, like that's a clear indicator that I've taken my eyes off of him. Hardness, dryness. Dryness does not come from the spirit. The Lord does not want you to be dry. How can, how can the wellspring of life Oh, if any man comes, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. There's nothing of dryness there. When dryness starts to set in, it's a clear indicator that I've, 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 I've taken my eyes off of him. Now, the good news is we can always go back to him. When we can see it, we can change it. Amen. When we don't see it, we can't change it. And that's dangerous. Deception deception is when you don't see it but when we see it we can change it Amen. and so how can we how, how can we return the next question would have to be well how can we return what do we do man i heard a mighty man of god that i tremendously respect say this he says he says whenever these things sudden i'm quickly reminded and i make a memorial in my mind of all of the times that God ministered to me. And I go back to what brought me into that place where he ministered to me. And I go back and I analyze that I haven't done that. So I return back and do the first things that took me to that place. So what I would tell you is if you feel dry, dead and stale, <laughs> There's grace for you, and it's through him. When you see it, you can now change it. Now what you do from there is simply go back and do the first thing that you did at first when you started. That sounds like Jesus. He says it in the book of Revelation. He says, hey, to the church of Ephesus, he says, I know your deeds. You know, he's, he's like, you have, a, you have this thing about you where you're alive. And you have an appearance of being alive, but you're dead. And you've fallen from your first love, right? And he says, you have, I have this one thing against you. You've left me your first love. Therefore, come back and do the things you've done at first. 
That's the key. Anytime I, someone is watching right now, and I just know it, and I'm not even prophesying this. I just know it because I just know I just know how people are. Someone is watching right now, and you say, "Man, I remember there was a time in my life that I would just say Jesus, and my heart would melt." Or, man, there was a time where I just want to go back to that place again. God is waiting for you there. He doesn't change. He's not bound by time and seasons. You just have to go back and do the first thing you've done. What brought you to that place? Well, I was praying and reading my Bible. Well, then pray and read your Bible. Oh, God was speaking to me all the time because I was constantly just soaking in the scriptures. Go back to soaking in the scriptures. You will find that if you look back and you remember when God was speaking and ministering, and if you go back and do that, you'll 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 hit right where you took off. And you won't stop a beat. <laughs> I really think that this is actually where we need to camp in a sense of I and just so everybody even watching, Chris is going to be, uh, Chris and I have talked a little bit that Chris is going to be a little bit more involved, probably like every other month. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you back on because we really just, uh, we honor you and your family. And so we'll, we can do part twos, part threes of this. Yeah. So I really, I really, the spirit of the Lord's really moving in people's homes, people that are watching right now. And I, the verse that I wanted to bring up with as you were ascending in that commentary as you're just bringing up is acts 319 where you know when you talk about going back to the first things well, what is one of the first things you have to do when you give your life to the lord you have to repent yeah and and you know and repentance sometimes people think of repentance as this like kind of like a, a an aggressive word like you are and yes you, sin is a very big deal um mm -hmm. that's jesus went to the cross mm -hmm. because of the the payment for sin but he also went to the cross to show you how valuable you are. So sometimes we get so caught up in the do nots that we don't realize what he's like. He's not only telling you to lay something down. He's telling you what you now can pick up, what is now yes. a gift to you. And sometimes we, if you, you know, and just a reminder to people, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're more known for what you're against than what you're for, then you're not manifesting the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're you're manifesting religion because religion's more known for what it's against than what it's for, uh, and a, a relationship is more known for what it's for. Mm. You know, the things that it's and uh, reading Acts three nineteen, it says this: "Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord." So repentance, actually, you could almost say that when we're talking about when Chris was giving you some examples of some indicators that you're, you're falling into self willed strength, uh, self righteousness, you're falling into independency rather than dependency upon him. I would, I would encourage you to really hear what he was saying about repentance literally recrowns dependency mm -hmm. on the spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the, it's enthroning the Holy Spirit in his rightful place is what repentance does. And yeah. repentance is a part of prayer, which we're talking about. So I just want to encourage that. I feel like this is a great place to allow Chris to uh, close out with any remarks and then to also pray for those 
that are watching and i i i want to just make sure we have uh your i know we have it in i just it's the fathersglory.org correct chris yes it's fathersglory.org that's our website mm -hmm. cool so and, i want to have that up while we're in closing but any remarks you have regarding what we've yes. talked about and then just anything you feel in your heart that you want to pray for people that are watching right now or that mm. even as you sense in your heart people that are going to watch this at a later time and mm. you know there's no distance in the spirit somebody could watch this later you could give a call right now and mm -hmm. in real time, it could be real time for somebody else uh, yeah. based off the spirit of the Lord. So, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it up to you to close us out, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that the spirit of God is really impressing in my spirit. And I just I just keep going back to this as, as we're talking, is that some of you have lost your your sense of destiny in the Lord and your sense of purpose in the Lord. Some of you used to receive downloads from heaven. Some of you would read scripture and it would seem as if the pages were leaping out into your soul. I feel that the word of the Lord for you, I feel this very strong in my spirit, is that if you get alone with God, you'll get pregnant again. If you get alone with God, you'll get pregnant again. Spiritual things are a lot like natural things. When a husband and a wife close the door and get intimate with one another, they bear children. When the spirit, the Bible says, they that are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. This, this one spirit is deeper than a union even between husband and wife because the scripture says they that are joined to husband and wife are one flesh but they that are joined to the lord are one spirit with him and i, I believe i believe this that many of you are going to get pregnant with revelation many of you are going to get pregnant with destiny and with the voice of the lord and with a transfiguration, many of you are going to get pregnant with transformation. Many of you are going to get pregnant with revelation of his character and who he is. But you have to shut the door and be alone with him. I urge you, I appeal to you before the Lord to shut the door and be intimate with the Holy Spirit. Be intimate with God. Get quiet before him. Get quiet, quiet yourself, elevate him at, in the moment that you are with him. Quiet yourself, get on the reset, the receiving end of things, worship, praise, get into stillness with him, engage in the cadence of his spirit. And you will find that you will accomplish so much more than years and, and times and in months than, than can, that can even produce. And so I just want to encourage you, you will get pregnant again with the voice. You will get pregnant again with purpose. You will get pregnant again with the destiny. Someone is watching. I just felt this in my heart. You felt like you lost your calling. There's someone that's watching. You feel like you lost your calling. You, you, you remember feeling a call from God at one time, but that's, that's, that's a lie. You did not lose your calling. Your calling is to dwell with Christ. Your calling is to be with him. Your calling is to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And you will quickly realize 
that that's your call. And when you when you take up that call, you also take the call to what the Lord has called you to do as far as ministry. Amen. And so I want to pray for those that are watching. Father, I just come before you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. We come before you with humble hearts. We come before you, Lord, knowing that we have nothing to give except a, a dependent heart. Lord, I pray that you would birth revelation of humility to every person that is watching, that you would begin to draw people into the prayer closet like never before, that you would raise up a deep hunger and a deep yearning to be with you, to shut the noise, to shut the door, to, to be alone with you, you and him and him with you, that you would do the work in them, Lord, that you would draw them and bring times of refreshing in of the presence of the Lord, that, that we would repent from depending upon ourselves, that you would reveal to us the glories of the new covenant, the glories of the kingdom of God that is that is awaiting us in prayer. Draw us in, Holy Spirit, I pray. Lord, for those that are dry and cracked, those dry and cracked hearts, I say spring up, O oh well, and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Those who carry about sadness, there's some that are watching, you feel an intense sadness Every time you come to the Lord, you find yourself crying. You feel like you're not, uh, there's just a brokenness in you. If you keep going to him before the Lord, the Lord will bring a healing balm to you. There are some that are watching that that you feel like that's your portion, just crying and loneliness. No, the joy of the Lord, you are not alone, though your eyes say otherwise, though your flesh thinks that you're alone, you are with the person who loves you. And so, Father, I thank you. Grant us the revelation of your dearly beloved Son. Cause us to love him. Cause us to draw near to him. And cause us to be a spouse to you, Holy Spirit. The Spirit and the bride say, come, let us be a spirit and a bride people, a people that love you, who desire nothing but you and you alone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Chris, it's such an honor having you give your family our our best. We know um, it takes a lot to carve out some time uh, with everything mm -hmm. you got coming up. So we're so excited for you and we're really looking forward to staying posted on social media. And as I was saying earlier, you are not a, a stranger by any means to us. Uh, you're, you're a dear friend. We're really thankful for the relationship there. And I really believe that even with you being in Arkansas, maybe we'll be able to put some uh, traveling things together on both of our ends in the coming uh, team and some stuff up. So we're really excited 100%. for you. And we really want to encourage everybody to go to the link, uh, find out information. You got merchandise. I saw I saw you got your hat next to you. That hat was yeah. sweet. I don't know where my hat is. Well, you. It, it's a uh, I love the logo and everything you guys got going for that and they got sweatshirts t-shirts everything and uh go and um, all that is it go is a blessing and goes towards the ministry and so forth so yeah so um we have we have shirts and we have hats and we have sweaters and all of that just goes towards the ministry of father's glory um and yeah just check out our website you know you can get some merch there at the store and 
Um, I also have an invitations tab. If the Lord puts it on someone's heart, you know, as the spirit wills and as the spirit leads, I'm, I'm here to serve. Um, and also um, we have our YouTube channel as well. And there's a partnership tab that you can tab to become a partner. All of that is on the website. And so we're just here to be a blessing to you. And uh, we're just here to serve you with, with the love of Christ. Amen. It's awesome. It's so awesome, Chris. Well, thank you so much. And we encourage everybody to share this with your family, friends. And uh, it's going to be up on the Gold Street Garden podcast uh, on Spotify, Apple Music this Wednesday morning. We'll have it up there. And then it's you can always find us on YouTube and Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram and so forth, just as you can with Chris. We love you, sir. Thank you so much for joining love us you guys tonight, too. man. Love you dearly. What an awesome night we just had with uh, Chris Garcia. Such a, a beautiful time of investing into our hearts when it comes to dependency on the Holy Spirit. This, this In this hour, with all the scriptures we went through, you can go back and look in the comments. We had multiple scriptures we laid out, letting people understand practicalities, how they can just daily become more in tune with the voice of the Spirit and truly understand the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. And I really want to give a shout out to the YouTube crowd tonight. We had a lot of people watching on YouTube, which is it's a blessing to see that the crowd is growing and the platforms growing in that arena too so we love you all and we're so thankful for all your also really exciting news uh once again uh we have december 12th i said it at the beginning we're doing massive outreach december 12th in palm harbor please join us and we would love to have you be a part of that and you're going to hear more about it come to service tomorrow night Tuesday is our main service for Gold Street Garden at 7 p.m. We would love to have you, 455 Riviera Road. And then also we're doing a conference with Michael Dow, December 13th through the 15th. We would love to have you join us and be a part of it. We love you all. Have a wonderful evening. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. That's this week. Come see us tomorrow at Gold Street Garden. It's going to be a phenomenal night. And we also, and I know we just talked about Chris, Gold Street Garden's getting t-shirts this week. So they're coming in the mail. So we're really excited about that. So you'll find out more about that. You'll probably see me wearing one very soon. And uh, I'm going to try to model it off the best that I can for everybody. So love you all. God bless.